which is so providential that we have to be handling uh, Noah's Ark uh, right now. And if you saw in the headlines at all, the, um, the article reads, Owners of Biblical Noah's Ark Replica Sue Over you guessed it, brain damage. <laughs> so, as to the article goes on, uh, a bit of irony there on the uh, art encounter folks. The article begins by saying the owner of the life size replica of Noah's Ark in northern Kentucky has sued its insurers for refusing cover brain damage. Our encounter, which unveiled the 510-foot-long model in 2016, says that the heavy rains in 2017 and 18 caused a landslide on its access road, and its five insurance carriers of over nearly a million dollars in damages refused to cover the art. The art itself was not damaged. Interesting, also. <laughs> the art itself was not damaged. Um, and the road has since then rebuilt, uh, but the lawsuit goes forward as to who pays for the road now. The park is now open, said Melanie Etheridge, a spokesperson for the Dallas-based public relations firm who represents Park Encounter, who only laughed when informed that the Park Encounter was suing for flood damage. She said, and quote, well, I guess we got to get out of the boat. So, interesting how that all just happened, uh, and we were just talking last week, we were covering the first portion um, of uh, the narrative in chapter 6, from verses 11 uh, through the end of the chapter, where uh, God clearly told Noah to cover the ark with pitch. You remember, the pitch is this element of essentially uh, a very early form of cloth, so that indeed the ark would not end, uh, incur rain damage that it would float, and so also perhaps the modern as well, cover it with pitch to make sure that there is no rain damage. But as we move forward this morning, the text has been read for you. Where are we at with Noah, the biblical story of the ark? And that is that at this point you see he has completed this rather complex and massive seaworthy vessel. As here is the replica states it's 510 feet long. I forget the number on their website to say how many buses. Um, everything, interestingly, uh, in modern days, what was about measuring that bus? You know, that they were talking about blood damage the day. The map by the Corps of Engineers was that there is, and he said, all kinds of water passing through this dam and through this levee. And then he said, that is the equivalent to do the map of a thousand buses passing through here every second. So, anyway, um, <laughs> buses. There's a lot of them on the ground. And so, also, with the actual um, seaworthy vessel that Noah has prepared. If you were in small groups this week, perhaps you took time to consider the level of work that it took uh, more in detail in discussion of the amount of work that it took for Noah uh, uh, to uh, perform this task with help of his sons and a few others, perhaps. <coughs> if we were to do the biblical math on how long we talked that the construction of this massive and seaworthy vessel was, uh, was to be built. We're looking at a, 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 um, a range of years. Uh, again, we're not exactly sure, uh, but if you take the map and you work the numbers in the text, you're somewhere looking at uh, 55 to 75 years. So it wasn't the entire 120 years that it took him in that 
a sculptor in Ireland. We mean working on a deforesting project. For your entire life, you have seen so much as a good faith demonstration of water that is to come from summer. And if we were to settle this issue, hopefully we could be clear in the 
of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark. If we look at that section there, the initial speaking of the, 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 the uh, covenantal arrangement that God is making through Noah and creation, we're looking at general information. So you kind of look at it in like large scope. Take two of every sort, meaning Noah is simply being instructed here to take pairs of animals into the This is the initial information. When he says two, and when you see seven, there's not a contradictory statement going on. When he says two, he's simply outlining a sketch. Take pairs. When you go into the ark, we're going to take with you pairs of animals. Then when we get down to what we just read in verses two and three, there's not a contradiction. Rather, it is a clarification. More specifically, Noah, how many pairs of animals will you be taking with you into the ark, and of what kind of pairs will you be taking with you into the ark? So again, it's not, well, it's this or it's that. It's this. You're going to take pairs. And then more specifically, get in. As you get in, take seven pairs. I knew I was taking pairs. It, it, right, taking seven pairs. Okay? And there's seven pairs of this type. And then one pair of this type. As for the reason for the additional pairs, and maybe you think, well, it makes sense you just get two pairs, or, or a single pair, two animals, a male and a female, a mating pair. That makes sense. But why not the expansion of seven pairs of only certain kinds? Why the expansion? Why the change? What's taking place with additional animals being brought into the park? And the text here is silent. It doesn't explicitly say. We find out why the additional pairs are being brought on by the time we go to chapter 8, verse 10. If you look over there, this before a few months or weeks, whatever it was ago. But we find out the additional animals and their distinctions between clean and unclean, the varying sizes at the end of the flood events. Verse 20 of chapter 8. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. His first movements post That's how the gathering of the animals is to be divided. 
You see, whether it's pre flood in a life of perseverance, or it's post flood in his first activities outside the ark in the building of an altar, or whether it's clothed in his silence throughout the acts, as you recall last week, we don't see Noah speaking until chapter 9, when he's introduced again in chapter 5. The entire world is changing, but we don't hear the word. See, no matter all of the elements, the portrait of Noah is consistent at every pass thus far. He is emerging, he is painting. As a faithful and persevering believer. That is what we're to receive as leaders. Moses is crafting a very careful story. He is writing it to exhort, to drive, to teach. Not simply an interesting and interesting story, but he's laboring intently for us, the reader, to grasp the portrait of. So that on the one hand, if we were to look at the portrait of Noah, a man of the Bible faith, the portrait reveals to us that we should be ashamed of our sloth. When we read Noah, a fellow believer in the promises of God, persevering. Thank you. 
What am I trying to spot? What am I trying to do? Make yourself an ark of going. Think about the extraordinary challenge. The extraordinary test of experience. And to rule. But otherwise we ridicule the original fire. Have no place to pretend to go. Just leave this still kind of Oh. 
text shows us that the animals will arrive spontaneously through God's sovereign power. He will call them. And they will come. Their arrival, can you imagine the day that Noah's here? Now, put down the she touches you. Step back, check your fiber, put the vessel out, whatever it be. This ginormous plant on land. He's looking it over with some sort of pleasure and yet also concern. And then the animals start emerging out of the woods. In the park. It's really happening. And as he noticed their arrival, as they begin to make their way, the text seems to indicate that the arrival of the animals will indicate to Noah the beginning of his life. That's the first movement of many living lives. It's going down. Notice how we see it in the, and I want to pair it together to reinforce this idea that the animals indicate the beginning of the world ends. Notice the commandment in verse 1. If you look carefully, the command, we'll read it all together in the text, and this is how we're to piece together would be what I would suggest to us. Verse 1 Then the Lord said to Noah, Go in the ark. God speaks. 
things outside of us, and outside of it, we want to have The end word for no is simply this picture and story. No. To us, it's obedience. Thank you. 